Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hello and welcome to this edition of Sports Weekly. I'm Ayaz Memon. We've actually got a bag full of stories today spreading across many sports. Of course, cricket is going to be a big focus because India have beaten England in the Test Series 3-1 and qualified for the World Test Championship which is going to be played in the middle of this year. We've got a special guest uh, joining us to discuss cricket, Sharda Ogra, eminent sports journalist and one of my favourites. And then, of course, there's a lot more cricket action that has happened. Uh, Kyron Pollard in the West Indies doing the star turn. There's New Zealand beating Australia. There's the women's T20 match between India. There's the first ODI match between the Indian women's team and the South African women's team. And of course, I'll take a trip down memory lane. Sunil Gavaskar, 50 years to the day almost when he made his debut in the West Indies. And who can forget what it meant to Indian cricket. But before I get down to the cricket, let's have a look at what else has happened in the world of sports. Let me start with tennis and Novak Djokovic, who's been making the headlines in everything that he does. Uh, he's won the Australian Open and now he's now been world number one for 311 weeks, going past Roger Federer. Talking of Federer, he returns to the court this week for the Qatar Open. He's been out because of injury for a long while, but fans will be seeing him back in action soon. Moving on to badminton and not such glad tidings for PV Sindhu. There was so much expected from her in the Swiss Open, but she was demolished by Carolina Marin. 12-21, 5-21 in only 35 minutes. So much is uh, vested in Sindhu, you know, how she's going to perform in the Olympics. And of course, Saina also. And Saina has not had a very happy time either. So the two strong ladies of Indian badminton or even world badminton are struggling at the moment. Remember that the Olympics will be held in Tokyo in the middle of this year. There's been some controversy whether it will be held or not. Some poll from Japan suggested that while the government wanted the Olympics to be held, the people were not in favour. I mean, they want to see the Olympics, but not at this point in time because of fears related to COVID. However, I had a webinar conversation with uh, Dr. Narendra Batra, who's the president of the Indian Olympic Association. And Dr. Batra assured, assured me that uh, the Olympics will be held. There is no question that the Olympics will be cancelled in 2021, subject, of course, to COVID behaving itself. He also said that, because I posed this question to him, I said, how are the federations doing? What is the preparation by the Indian Olympic Association for the Olympics? And he said, we are all, you know, all waiting for it and all preparations are ready. In fact, he said that about 180 athletes have already been shortlisted. And of course, we'll add, you know, about 20, 30 officials and support staff to go. So the Indian contingent could be in the region of 225 for the Tokyo Olympics. But of course, the focus, as I mentioned, will be on how the badminton team fares, especially Saina and more particularly Sindhu, because in Barcelona four years back or five years back, she had won a silver medal, losing to Carolina Marin in the final. But where Sindhu disappointed Indian fans, there was a lot of cheer coming from Vinish Fogat, who is also going to be participating in the Tokyo Olympics. Vinish Fogat participating in the 53kg category beat Canada's Diana Helen in the Matteo Pelicon ranking series. Vinish, cousin of Babita and Gita, blanked her opponent 4-0 and has become a strong contender for a medal at Tokyo. We come to football and the Indian Super League, which is entering its knockout stage. 
And there's been a lot of drama and upheavals there. Favoured teams, in fact, some of the teams which have performed so consistently over the past few seasons, Bengaluru FC, East Bengal, Kerala Blasters, all out of contention. The teams that are in contention are Mumbai City, ATK Mohan Bagan, North East and Goa Football Club. Now, the interesting part is, of course, how Bagan, which was you know one of the one of those clubs that had resisted joining the Indian Super League for many seasons, has made such a strong entry into the tournament. Uh, quite unlike East Bengal, so there's something for East Bengal to learn and uh, you know try and do better the next year because the merger has happened in many clubs and obviously if these teams play well, then Indian football becomes stronger. Moving on to cricket, before I get down to India versus England and. The conversation I'm going to have with Sharda Ogra. Kyron Pollard, captain of the West Indies, hit Akila Dhananjay for six sixes in, a, in an over. He becomes the third batsman to do this feat. Now, interestingly, Dhananjay had taken a hat-trick in the previous over. So, you know, he must be kind of feeling quite wretched that after taking a hat-trick, he was mauled so badly by Pollard. But then, if there's one batsman who can do this kind of manic hitting, it has to be Kyron Pollard, who also plays, as we know, for Mumbai Indians in the Indian Premier League. The T20 series between New Zealand and Australia turned out to be a humdinger. New Zealand won the first two matches, Australia won the next two matches and in the final match, New Zealand prevailed over Aaron Finch's team to clinch the rubber 3-2. Now this is, you know, I mean, playing at home, New Zealand is a very strong team to beat. But I think what they've shown is the resources or the resourcefulness to compete well in this format too. Remember, the World T20 is going to be played in India later this year. And they are emerging, New Zealand, as a very strong team. This is a team which most other sides will fear. Closer home, the Pakistan Super League had to be suspended uh, because a couple of players tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, there had been stories that the COVID management hadn't been stringent enough while when the PSL began, or in fact, when once it had started. But it was glossed over and finally... When it emerged that a couple of players had tested positive, you know, all hell broke loose. Some players from overseas wanted to fly out immediately and the organizers were compelled to call off the tournament. One of the highlights of last week was the 50th anniversary of Sunil Gavaskar's entry into Test Match Cricket. Remember, he started playing against the West Indies in 1971, missed the first test which was drawn played in the second test, made two half centuries. This was the test match in which India beat the West Indies at Port of Spain and Gavaskar went on to score 774 runs in that series. In just four test matches, it's a record which still stands. 50 years later, nobody has bettered it. No player, no debutant in test cricket has made as many runs in a test series. But Gavaskar, of course, is just more than a run machine, you know, just to kind of refresh everybody's memories. After making 774, he completed a 17-year career with 10,122 runs, 34 centuries, both world records when he retired in 1987. And of course, between his debut and his retirement, what he did for Indian cricketers, he gave it a lot of spine, self-belief and many memorable wins. So I'm moving on to our last segment uh, for this week's edition, which is about the cricket played in India. India beating England 3-1 in the Test Series and uh, qualifying for the World Test Championship. And as, as I had said at the start of the show, I'll be joined by Sharda Ogra, an ex-colleague of mine, long, long back. Uh, and of course, one of the eminent writers on sport in the country, one of my favourites, if I might reiterate that. 
welcome sharda welcome to the show hi aya thanks so much for having me here uh, as you can see i'm so excited uh, because uh, used to be my boss at one point you're still the boss in any case so <laughs> it it's good to be here it's good to be here and, and to chat about you know every anything and everything thanks sharda thanks very quickly this series which has ended in fact i'll try and get an overview from from you on the season you know there's a magnificent series we had against australia and then you know sone pe sohaga beating england so so emphatically what is your overview of the season i think uh, the season will be dominated by that fantastic performance in australia which was like it belonged to some movie script that i think directors and producers would just throw away and say not possible not going to happen get out you know so but yeah. that was just an outstanding series because or in in so many ways you know in in the way as you know uh, we loved these sort of underdog stories um and i think after the england series wound up we we were made to see again the depth that indian cricket has at the moment you know there are many other issues that are there around it but in terms of depth of talent and uh, sort of readiness of players that are coming into the highest level uh, it's quite uh, quite quite something and and quite admirable and and a great sign for what we hope is going to be a great uh, decade ahead so i'm going to talk about the depth of talent and the emergence of you know youngsters like pant and washington sundar and akshar patel maybe not so young but you know he's been uh, he's been a revelation but let's first look at what happened to england what what explains i mean they win the first test match so handsomely 217 runs and then they just kind of panic i mean you know it just it seems to be inexplicable that a team which has won so handsomely just goes and surrenders so abjectly what what do you think went wrong i think uh, maybe what happened in england uh, in that second test match they quite couldn't recover from the complete turnaround that happened and because cricket is so much is a game of confidence when it comes to particularly batsmen playing outside what are their familiar sort of territories when that confidence goes it becomes like this spiraling Uh, you know like a cascading panic all around the uh, all around the ranks and to my mind i think we must point out ayas that at those points is when the role of coaches becomes very very visible mm. and very important and it doesn't mean that you'll fix the problem but you'll try i think to sort out an issue you know you'll try and sort out an issue very very quickly but i think england yeah. were not able to do that they had bizarre selections and all their people kept coming and going why did they send moin ali away whatever it was Bairstow went off from. They had a great series in Sri Lanka, so it's not like they were out of their uh, 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 their depth yeah. in that sense. You know, I thought the preparation, in fact, was very good, and the manner in which they won the first test, it looked like you know India were in serious trouble, and then things turned around. But you did mention about the role of the coach. Now you know, Mr. Bombastic Ravi Shastri has come out emerging, <laughs> come out as a real hero. You know, and uh, look, whatever one might say about him, uh, you know, hyperbolic or whatever you know but he's actually delivered uh, and that's what you expect from a coach whether in australia or against england this team has performed fantastically well yeah and i think the australian performance was was particularly good i remember a, a super port that john wright gave at one point when they gone to travel in, in australia again they had a very bad test match and they turned around and they scored their first i think win in 30 years new zealand won a test match in 30 years or something like that after that and someone was asking okay fantasy said you know this is the time that a coach earns his money that was his exact mm. quote <laughs> so when when <laughs> things were absolutely pear shaped that's the time the coach earns their money and in the sense of what shastri was able to do in australia uh, is 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 a bigger sign of his his capacity to sort of work with people and get around them and say you know you guys can walk on water whatever that 
whatever that may do for young for, for young players not so young players slightly underconfident players whatever so i think is that australia performance in india i think they were literally playing with a lot of lots to their advantage which they will yeah. now say you don't love us that's why you criticize us all the time uh, they had <laughs> they had the advantages that were there for them you know those wickets we can talk about forever but let's not um but 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 a good performance again because we saw all these younger players coming through and 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 uh, showing that when it when the time comes they're ready uh, it's a australian it's the australian presence which to me is is the much bigger and the happier sort of and the more promising kind of a story and again fight back come back you are, you are without your best players you were without your number your your first 11 and you were still able to win in australia that was quite something absolutely i think it's one of the most perhaps the most uh, riveting and significant series been that india has had apart from you know 2001 beating australia in at home uh, but you know a little more on shasti i mean i know you've moved from mumbai to bangalore and yeah. uh, but you might you might remember uh, a phrase in in mumbai we still call shasti gtu gire to bhi tang upar you know <laughs> yes, so, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, i mean and, you know which means never say die correct you know i wrote an article about the shastri that both you and i knew you were a you were a senior journalist i was a very junior journalist and i wrote a piece about him what he was like then and what he's like now and to yeah. be fair i have to say he called up and he laughed and he appreciated it which i don't think yeah. too many people would have done because it's not like i was praising him to the skies in that piece or whatever so i said hats yeah. off you know to you that's the thing about him i mean in the sense that we do fight and he did you know we did have an argument at some point and he'll say that all you press are always bitching about the pitch and all but uh, but he was that kind of a a a, a person and um, it's almost like you say okay he's become a caricature of himself but there's something of that old shastri that's still there yeah you know he actually strangely enough he enjoys you know jokes made on him he revels he comes back and cracks a joke on people who've cracked a joke on him so that's i think that's a great way to that's a great mindset to have but let's move on to some of the other heroes you know ravichandran ashwin for my money the most important player in the world today mm. you know the way he's been bowling in australia in india i think he had a point to prove to himself i think he spent that lockdown period very you know profitably for himself he's just been he's been a master at work isn't he uh he's quite he's, he's quite superb and particularly over the last say the, the australia series it's like he had he's always been a very thinking cricketer he's always been a cricketer you can talk to and discuss and argue things with not that i sort of do it personally but you you, you see and hear things so he's had that pers- uh, a personality and in, in australia literally it's like he came into his own and became a leader of the bowlers in in some way not the fast bowlers maybe but just the whole bowling unit mm. and uh, his performances with the bat we've always knew he's had that he's had that capacity and he has that capability of playing at that level and you can see him working batsman out and you can see him he knows that he's on it he's a, he's a competitor and what india always needed uh, are competitive cricketers you know yeah So I'll, I'll, just to, to wind up what I think about Ashwin, I mean, I've got something blasphemous to say, which is that you talked about him being an all-rounder. I think he's, you know, he's knocking very hard on that door where, uh, which uh, for the room where Kapil Dev and Vinu Mankad reside, you know. Okay. And if okay. he makes, if he makes runs, that I mean, four four hundred wickets big. already, yeah. you know, and if he scores runs also, uh, and the way he's performing overseas, he could join that. you know make it a threesome rather than just a twosome that exists there you know in that kind of exalted space but yeah. moving on to another player who i think who's in my opinion has come along very strongly this season i know that rohit sharma's batting at home has been you know fantastic and he's made almost 
uh, you know, most of his runs here. But the manner in which he's played this season, the way he's batted, even on these dubious pitches, if I might put it that, not easy pitches to bat on. The 161 yeah. which he made in the second test, the 66 on the, you know, two-day test match. Yeah. This shows a batsman reaching, you know, it's it's a cliche to say he's matured and all that. I just think he's got that hunger like Ashwin had, a point to prove to himself, to the world, that he really belongs on, you know, on a higher plane than most other players. I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, when he made his debut in uh, ODI cricket in Australia, this was in 2008. So we are talking about 12, almost 12 years. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian Chappell had said that he is the replacement for Tendulkar, which is like a massive call, you know. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. like blasphemous or whatever. And uh, uh, you would think that because he's a player of such capability, um, and it's it's almost like we have waited this for for this version of Rohit Sharma to turn up, you know and. Yeah. Uh, it's like he is, you know, everyone says uh, when you bat on uh, wickets, uh, what you call dubious, your defense has to be good. So it's like he was in complete command and control of his game. And maybe uh, he's in his in his sort of mid 30s now, 32, yeah. 33, if I get the, if, I, if I'm not wrong. Um, maybe this is literally like the second wind that he's going to become this this player that he thought he, he was going to be when uh, in, in uh, 2008, 2009. Um just it's just amazing that he is not daunted by anything. You know, he yeah. walk into the middle of a situation where there is uh, where India have to sort of uh, save their skin, and he's never daunted. He never looks like he's in any uh, stage. There's no pressure. It doesn't look like there's pressure on on his game. No, you mm. don't see that. You don't see that. It's almost like uh, he's on top of his game all the time. That's that's what it comes through. Um, yeah. He played very important short innings in Australia, but very very important innings as well to sort of blunt off the new ball. But the ones here have been have been quite something, quite something, and it's such a joy to see him do so well. Oh, absolutely! And he's you know, again to use a, 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 an oft used word, he's just watching him. He's sublime. Batsmanship is sublime, and I th I think really here the the credit must also be given to Shastri and perhaps even Kohli. I think maybe certainly Kohli for. Making him open the innings. I think Rohit took his time to agree to be an opener in Test cricket. But uh, once he's kind of you know mentally adjusted and adapted to that position, he's just looked so. He's just looked world class. Undeniably world class. He's always looked undeniably world class. That's the thing. Uh, that's the thing about him. And just so because imagine if he didn't want to open, then who would be drop? You know, then you get into yeah. that situation. You don't want to drop. So it's literally like he's found the groove that in which you would want the next five years to be absolutely fantastic. You know, you want India to become this dominant team, the the great West Indians and the great Australians. That's the, that's now the, that's the next thing that, that has to be done. Yeah, and that, that could be possible because of guys like Rishabh Pant. I, I want to talk about him because there was so much held against him when the team went to Australia. Most notably his weight, that he was not fit. You know, he had puppy fat still around his midriff and stuff like that. In fact, he was not in the test squad or didn't play the first test match. He was not yeah. chosen. And yeah. then he comes, you know, he's progressed from there. Uh, I had a little chat with Ravi a few days back, uh, yeah. I think just after the test match ended. And he said, you know, the guy who worked hardest in Australia was mm -hmm. Rishabh because he realized that, you know, his his place was under pressure. Yeah. Uh, and then you see him, you know, I playing that reverse sweep of J Jimmy Anderson with the second new ball. Oh, I mean... Amazing. <laughs> yeah. You just see him and you think he's going to be entertainment. You know, he's going to be he's going to be firecracker. I mean, yeah. you're watching him and saying, you know, uh, it, it's literally like if cricket had to send out a mascot to stand for its 
it's more liveliest and most fun self that would be rishabh pant not anybody else it would be rishabh pant because he's just so he's such a crazy and a, and a, it's i mean i remember kartik from cricket pro he said he's like it's almost like he's a disrespectful batsman like he's just there sharda he's anarchic yeah yeah so it's he's just completely it's like he's it's he's like his bananas when he decides to be bananas the second inning in uh, amdabad um he chose his time to go crazy Yeah, but when he chose yeah. his time then he just sort of erupted you know and and that's the that's the great thing to watch about him and i must say that when they picked him i was one of those people saying oh god this you know he's fantastic but whatever but, but. now i am mm. eating shoes or whatever else you have to eat or humble <laughs> pies and everything i am willing to eat it and say salam you absolute salam you know he was just he's super yeah. No doubt. I mean, look, if he improves his wicket keeping by about ten, fifteen percent, and actually in the England series on these pitches, he was really good, which yes. shows that he sharpened his reflexes and you know more focus, more concentration. Then he's a worthy successor to somebody like Adam Gilchrist. I know those are huge boots to fill, but somebody like Gilchrist himself, you know, he tweeted to Rishabh Pant about how you know you play these kind of knocks when it really matters. That's what makes you stand out as a player of some consequence. So and, I think Rishabh yeah. Pant will, and, and, you know, uh, uh, is a trump card uh, for India. Why even? I mean, you're saying Gilchrist because Gilchrist was seen as this. Uh, uh, Gilchrist played in a team of great Australians. He was a successor to Healy. Similarly, Pant is a successor to Dhoni, who was this kind of a batsman, but not, you know, uh, uh, but but not that sort of outward kind of uh, effusive personality that Rishabh Pant. Uh, has and that he and, and that he sort of you can hear him all the time on the mic and um, I think what you're saying about the the, the wicket keeping on on uh, on um, in in India against the spinners he's been good but I think you were able to see what really world standard kind of wicket keeping was when you saw Ben Stokes keeping you know yeah. Uh, yeah that was quite almost like a throwback to an earlier earlier sort of a period it was very strange I once had a conversation with Mike Brayley he said you know when a wicket keeper dives usually it means he's not in the right position he hasn't moved quickly enough mm. so then you think when you look at everything and you sort of weigh it up like that you say obviously you know that that it is so the dive looks spectacular but that means the wicket keeper is not he's not judging direction of the of the ball and where it's going to go and where it's going to land up. so um, maybe that's something we should watch out for but Pant looks like he's just itching to learn. Yeah, I think that's a great observation that he's wanting to learn and become better than what he was yesterday. So that's great. The World Test Championship, of course, will come up middle of the year, and hopefully, you know, India will fare well against New Zealand. But that's in the future. I want before we wind up, Sharda, I want your your take on women's cricket being resumed. I know it's been almost a year, but yeah. maybe a year yeah. since they last played, and they haven't had a, a good time against South Africa in the first ODI. So is it rustiness? Is it you know just being away from the game? Is it nerves? Is it playing have, without spectators? That is the have, bother. How much? Time and do also, you have I, I, I need. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I want a quick opinion on Shefali Verma. Yeah. Uh, why isn't she in the team? She was the big star, emerging star, one year back, and now she's not in the team. See, I think Ayaz in this in this entire you know we can look at the women's uh, game that was there yesterday, and you'll say rustiness and so on. The only point I want to make here is that comp- as compared to other sports. uh indian uh, indian cricket does not give the same uh, freedom and uh, almost uh, uh, not not freedom the word is not freedom the word is does not uh, respect to the women's game as in any other sport hockey boxing wrestling men's and women's uh, entire calendars are planned together they work together everything is done together they compete together in cricket they are treated like they are 
literally afterthought. In any other sport, uh, you know, uh, in the country which are not as rich as as, uh, as Indian cricket is, and which are not as popular as Indian cricket is, in every other sport, men's and women's calendars, schedules, they are they compete equally. They compete at the same, you know, they compete at the same pace, at the same in a number of events that they have to go. They are treated the same. It's just one is a men's competition and the other is a women's competition calendar structure. It's all the same. In cricket, women are literally the, um, you know, second-class citizens. Uh, cricket, which is the richest, supposedly best administered in the country. Best administered is what is always said in defense of uh, of the people who run Indian cricket. Uh, this this lapse in administration, it that one-year gap could not have been more could not have been more evident. It could not have been bigger and more more glaring. Um, than what happened uh, with, with with the women's team, and if no matter what happens against the South Africans for the rest of the series, you just expect these uh, girls to turn up at big tournaments and win them just to make you happy, so that you can be see that you're woke. Okay, I, like I said, long time. But I'm <laughs> well, well, very, very, very pertinent points you've raised there, Sharda, and as always with a lot of candor, not pulling your punches. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Uh, maybe sometime in the Thank future, you. I'll trouble you again and. Uh, We'll pick up the threads of many discussions we had 30 years back. Yes. Thanks, Ayaz. Great, <laughs> thanks, great, thanks. great being on the show. Thank you Thank so you, much. Thank you, The IPL schedule has been announced. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it confirms that the tournament will be held. So, that will be a relief to cricket fans. But there, are, there have been a lot of modifications. One is that there are only six venues where the matches will be played. And there is no home matches in that sense, because uh, all venues are going to be neutral venues. The venues are Mumbai, Chennai, Bangalore, Kolkata, Delhi and Ahmedabad, where the playoffs and the final will be held at the Narendra Modi Stadium. In case you don't know, just make a mark in your diary. It starts The, the IPL starts on April 9th and will continue right till May 30th. Uh, the matches will be held without spectators. And I think that's a good thing to do because the COVID threat hasn't completely disappeared though the vaccine has appeared. And let's take a leaf out of what's happened from in, in the Pakistan Super League. Let's learn from them. Uh, they, to use cricketing parlance, took their eyes off the ball and they had, a, had to pay a very heavy price for it. So, let's hope that the IPL is played in its entirety and without any problems. It's time for Fantasy Picks. The T20 series between India and England starts on Friday, March 12th. All the five matches are going to be played at Ahmedabad. And you know what? We've got Mr. Fantastic in the house to give his picks. I'm Mr. Fantastic and I'm back this time with T20s. This is where you get your match results the same day and you don't have to wait for five days to know whether your team won or lost and you lost all of your money. We will not talk about the test matches because they didn't go very well. The pitch was still too unsure. Moving on to the T20s, where it's a far more better time to play fantasy sport. Uh, a lot of the English players have again been replaced, but this team looks like a mean machine. You've got hitters like David Milan, the captain by Owen Morgan, Jason Roy, Ben Stokes, Jenny, Johnny Bestos, of course, still there. Joss Butler, Sam Billings, Adil Rashid, Moin Ali comes back. Never understood why he went away in the first place. Nonetheless, the Indian team also has a slightly different makeup about them with Shikhar Dhawan back in it, Shreya Sayyar, Hardik Pandya, Rahul Tiwatiya. But a lot of those who inflicted pain on the English in the test matches will continue to be there. And to them, this is as first nature as test cricket was to cricketers in the past. 
So your must play in the fantasy team are of course Rohit Sharma, Hardik Pandya. I'd say go with Rahul Tiwatiya because he's a bit of a freak and he had a great IPL last year. Washington Sundar, KL Rahul, do not forget Rishabh Pant. Those are the six you have to have from India. I'd say go with David Malan, Owen Morgan, Sam Curran, Josh Butler and of course Ben Stokes. Remember this T20 is also a precursor to the IPL that will start in a month from now. So keep your eyes on the players because there's going to be a lot more picking that you'll have to do once the IPL rolls around. Thank you Mr. Fantastic and that's all from me Ayaz Mimand in this episode of Sports Weekly. Catch up with you next week. Music